of the Miami Dolphins in Death podcast. I am caddy of the show, Armando Salguero, holding my coronavirus uh, test kit for Adam Beasley. Hello, Adam Beasley. Are you coughing? Uh, I am not coughing. I'm in great health, but you might hear that I'm using my inside voice because between two very thin walls in my house is my sleeping two-year-old. And if this podcast wakes him up, I will be hating my life for the next five hours. So I want to – let's start there for a second because you texted me. uh, I'm going to be a while. I have to put Jake down for his nap. (laughs) And, and, you know, so when when I hear that phrase, I understand that's that's what you do to babies. You put them down, but I – you also put dogs down, and it, it's like you're, when you put your pets down, it's a totally different vibe. Uh, I'll say this. I, hope, I have both a child and a dog, and the dog's been much better during the quarantine than the child has. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It, it, it was like, I was a little, uh, okay, I get it, but there's got to be a better phrase for <laughs> You know, for for a child. I just, just how, random thoughts. How about I'm going to make my child unconscious? Is that a better one? Uh, yeah, or nappy time. Oh, or nappy stuff. time. Yeah, that's probably that's pretty, probably more neutral than I'm going, I'm going to put him down. It's nappy time, you frick. Go to bed. <laughs> well, he is he is sleeping soundly, dreaming of I don't know what kids dream of, but he's allowing us to hold this podcast in peace and quiet, which is good because we have a ton of things to talk about, don't we? Absolutely. So the Miami Dolphins, very active, very active in free agency so far. And we are taping this uh, hours before actual free agency begins. You know what? It, it, so it, does it, is it going to feel a little anticlimactic, you think, when uh, 4 o'clock comes and we already know much of what the Dolphins are doing? Yeah, so here's the question. This legal tampering period, is this what has happened all along, 48 hours out before free agency, these deals got done, and now agents and teams are just comfortable spreading that information so the league doesn't drop the hammer on them? Or has tampering really become the true start of free agency and negotiations started six days ago and we're just now finding out about it? Yeah, that's interesting. I like it more the old way. I like it where there was no, you know, open negotiating. I like it more when free agency starts at noon on Monday, and all of a sudden at 12.01, the Miami Dolphins are assigning Justin Smiley, who they happen to have in town, and ready <laughs> for a press conference at 101. <laughs> it was coincidental that Justin Smiley was in town. Yeah, you, you and I, uh, it, you might be shocked to hear this, dear, dear listeners, but Armando and I sometimes disagree. Uh, e- even on this podcast, we have differences of opinion. But one thing we are in lockstep of is how smart it was for the league to have this this week because there's no one saying, oh, my God, look at these idiot billionaires and these spoiled millionaires, and they're just rubbing it in our faces. What people are saying is, thank God for the diversion. Thank Absolutely. the sports fans for saying, 
thank God that we have something else to talk about other than what's the depressing news, and we have something to get excited about and to, to tweet about and to talk to our friends about, who we can't see, by the way, but we can text them. Uh, it was really smart of the league to do this, and they're being smart with how they're doing it. A lot of these contracts are contingent contracts based on uh, physical that's not might not happen for two months, which is crazy to think about. But um, yeah, I, I think it was I think it was good for for the world of sports to have something to to divert our attention for a little bit. Easily, um, FaceTime, brother, FaceTime. <laughs> for, for, for for physicals. No, you can see your friends if you really want. Oh, to. oh I see. I, I thought you meant like you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have Byron Jones uh, test out his shoulder yes. and see could you? Yes, could you show me your armpits? <laughs> we want to see your armpits. Make sure your armpit is is healthy, and you know you're not somehow uh, having armpititis or something like that. Yeah, no. Yeah, I've never had I'm, armpititis. No, well, uh, you've been in a locker room several several times. There's been armpititis in there. Um, so, which of your of these eight guys that the Miami Dolphins have agreed to contract with are you um, comfortable and happiest with? Oh well, I mean, heesh. oh, that, that's two more. That's two different questions. The best signing, obviously, is Byron Jones because he's the best player that they've signed. And he might be one of the three or four best free agents available, regardless of position. I know quarterbacks are inflated, but he's going to probably do his job better in 2020 than Philip Rivers or Tom Brady will do their jobs in 2020. Because unlike those two players, he is in the prime of his career and coming off the best season of his career. So, yeah, I think that was a great deal. The question we have is, are the Dolphins smart to pay? two corners the top of the market, and that's what they're doing now with, with, with Jones and Xavier. But as, as far as a good value, a good pick, what's, what has to be the most excited? Uh, I mean, I think Shaq Lawson's got a great upside, and having him back with Marion Hobby is going to do great things for him. And what has me excited, Armando, is this team has a defense now, and they have a front, front seven and they have a back four, and those two groups are really good. And, and I think they're going to be in a lot of football games this year because they've constructed a good defense. So this is my small concern, right? Byron Jones signed a five-year, $82.5 million contract that includes $57 million guaranteed. 57. Do you know how much Xavier uh, Howard got guaranteed when he signed his contract last year? Uh, not off the top of my head. Thirty million less, twenty-seven Oof. million. Oof. If I'm Xavier Howard, number one, I'm looking at my uh, representation. I am looking at my agent sideways um, because what the heck? Twenty-seven million dollars guaranteed versus fifty-seven million dollars. Well, well, not not to you know not to carry water for Demarius Bilbo, his his agent. But Bilbo's response would be this, Xavier, you were two years away from free agency uh, when I got you that contract. Yes, you were entering the final year of your contract, which was paying you like a million bucks in that final year. But the Dolphins were going to franchise you, assuming that he had the year this year that we, we think he's going to have, and they couldn't get the contract done. So you're, you're going to be playing the next two years at, say, $16, 17000000 million total anyway, because the franchise tag and whatever he's going to make – 
was going to make in, in 2020. What, what the Dolphins were able to do is, is get him longer term, give him a little bit more guaranteed money than that two-year bridge, and have a friend, team-friendly deal. Could Xavier have gotten more if he had made the open market? Sure, everybody could. But that's the, that's the decision he made as a player. I'm not going to risk a guy who's got, let's, let's be frank, he's got chronic knee issues. I'm not going to risk another two years of under the Dolphins rule and then maybe my body shot when I finally get to free agency. And Xavier should look at Demarius Bilbo back and say contracts should be able to hold up. And this one doesn't right True. now. That's fair. Uh, and, That's fair. And, I mean, isn't that what con- – supposedly, I get it. Look, every the next great corner that will sign will be Byron Jones's deal. And the next one will be that guy's deal. That's the way it works in the NFL. Also in journalism, as you know. Um, <laughs> so, for, for sports reporters. And so uh, – but you want to at least have the contract hold up a little bit to where's – the very next year, you're not going, what the heck just happened here? And, you know, I'm not trying to sow any discord, but I am saying this is my greater point. Is Xavier Howard going to be happy with what is going on around him? You know, last year when everybody was being shipped out of the locker room, he had that meme of Will Smith. Uh, from Fresh Prince looking around the empty room going, uh, what's going on here? He notices stuff. Is he going to be okay with this deal? Uh, in the words of Jay Cutler, if I'm the Miami Dolphins, don't care. I don't care because you know what, Xavier Howard? How about you finish the complete season before you start giving us crap about the contract we just gave you? And, oh, by the way, why don't you stay out of – jail for a night before uh, we start getting... Wow! Beasley! Wow! Am am, am I wrong? (laughs) Oh my gosh, dude! Am I I, I wrong? No, uh, uh, well, did he go to jail that one night? Did he go to... Yes, he had had to bail out the next morning. Now, we have to be up front, clear, the charges were dropped, but the charges of of that case were dropped because... Uh, the, the alleged victim did not want to proceed with the case. But there's a reason cops were called and there was physical evidence that something something happened that night. And so if I'm the Dolphins, who stood by Xavier Howard, even though they didn't stand by Mark Walton, and I know Mark, Mark Walton had a much longer rap sheet than, than Xavier Howard. That continues the, the to grow, by the way. Very true. But, but, the, but the Dolphins were, were understanding. I don't know if they were forgiving, but they certainly didn't cut him on the spot. And if Xavier comes to me now and gives me crap about a contract I just gave him, after wh- how many games did he appear in last year? Five? Six? Not something like that? Yeah. Oh, uh, that, that conversation wouldn't go very well. So my under-the-radar Love It uh, deal that I like is Agba, Emmanuel Agba. Two years, $15 million, $7.5 million guaranteed. I believe that this guy is a is a arrow up guy young uh he wants to prove that he's a lot better than this contract he's going to aim to get highly paid in his next contract uh i understand that he's coming off of an injury it's going to be fine and everything's going to be fine in that regard but this guy is going to ball for the Miami Dolphins you watch 
They, they've got three legit edge-studding pass rushers now, and none of those guys are going to give you 10 to 15 sacks. But if you get seven out of each of one of those guys, look out. This could be a really good defense. They had 23 sacks as a team last year. Those three guys together could give them at least 23 in 2020. And then we talk about that back end, which uh, I, I think might be the best coverage secondary in the league, assuming Xavier's back healthy and, and a part of this team. Um, you have four corners on the field, maybe five at all times. Uh, Bob McCain is a corner. Eric Rowe is a corner. Those guys are corners playing safeties. And, and so when Eric Rowe is your n- number four or five coverage guy on the field, that's a pretty good lineup. I mean, Eric Rowe was one of their best players last year, and all of a sudden he's he's just being asked to cover tight ends and 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 and, and lay you know lay the wood in the box. You have a pretty good defense, so I agree completely. Agba, uh, Van Noy, who we haven't talked about yet, and Shaq Lawson. You get those guys coming after the quarterback. That back end is going to look even better. Well, let's finish and let's continue that discussion on the other side of this break. So, Adam, uh, you talked about those other guys that the Dolphins signed. Uh, give me your quick, I would say, 20-second breakdown opinion of each signing. Eric Flowers. Oh, uh, I hope he plays left guard because he's not a tackle. But at guard, he was really good for the Redskins last year, and he was paid like it. Uh, I think he is an immediate upgrade over Michael Dieter. Yeah, he's absolutely going to play guard. But here's the question with him. Last year, he played guard for Bill Callahan, who is arguably uh, a top three offensive line coach in the NFL. Mr. Offensive Line Coach number three for the Miami Dolphins, you have to bring Eric Flowers right up there with Bill Callahan. Can you do it and not get fired before July is over? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, that's the history. That's now the history bringing, now. Now you're bringing the heat. Um, uh, there is a question whether Flowers played his butt off last year because it was a contract year, and if he's going to backslide now that he's been paid. That's that's a concern. Uh, I don't know if Brian Flores is going to allow that to happen. He doesn't seem to be the kind of guy that would let that slide. Ted Karras. Um. Uh, Basically a little bit better than uh, uh, Daniel Kilgore. He's younger, probably more athletic. That's that's my three-second uh, evaluation. What's yours? Uh, bridge center, prove it deal, better ball out this year because they're going to draft somebody. And if you want to have a job with the Miami Dolphins next year because you don't, you're not under contract, you have to play well for them. How, how, many, my, uh, how many linemen do you think they draft? Uh, I know they're going to draft a tackle. Mm-hmm. I know uh, I've been told that there will be a center slash guard in there, and so at least two. At least I bet. Two. I bet they take two tackles. I bet they take two tackles. They're going to take one in the first round, as, as you mentioned, and I think they take another one rounds three or four. Who, who's going to compete with the rest of that crew? Because we don't know for certain who their right tackle is at this point, right? I mean, right. they're, they, they've got some options, but none of them are great. Um, yeah, I, I think I think they take three offensive linemen. One of the things I, I want to bring up, because we're all excited about the 14 draft picks that the Dolphins have and, and five picks in the first two rounds. You know, free agency that's going on now, a lot of teams, and the Miami Dolphins included, 
are using free agency to cover up their draft mistakes. The reason you have to go out and sign Eric Flowers is because Michael Dieter from last year, a third-round pick, wasn't a boom. He wasn't an exclamation point. He was more a question mark in the third round, and now you're not so sure that you filled that spot even though you used a third-round pick on him. The reason that you're going out and finding edge rushers is because Charles Harris is a bust. And you picked him in the first round, and he has, I think, like, what is it, two two sacks, two and a half sacks in three years, and he's just not it for the Miami Dolphins, a bust, and now you have to cover that mistake up. Well, yes, and those are, those are high-profile mistakes, but doesn't even need to be high profile. They, they're, they're in desperate search of a tackle because Isaiah Prince lasted half a season. I mean, usually, you, what was he, a sixth-round pick, I think? You use a sixth-round pick on a, on, a, on a player, they get a redshirt season. Teams don't like make, admitting the mistakes in the draft in year one. And the Dolphins didn't even put him in the practice squad, right? They just cut him outright and let him leave. Um, it would be nice to have him go through a year of the offseason and, and see if he can compete for that job. But the Dolphins saw no future with him, and there's another mistake they're having to make up for. Yeah, I'm not all that upset about, you know, the tackle in the sixth round. But when you've got the guard in the third round and when you've got the defensive end in the first round, that stings a little bit. That really does sting. Well, Uh, the the Dolphins are going to have to prove uh, that they can draft offensive linemen. Because because, – When's the, what's the last good offensive lineman they drafted? Was it Jawan James? You said good. Wow. I think Laramie Tunsil was probably. Oh, yeah, yeah Laramie Tunsil was. I'm sorry, Laramie Tunsil was after Jawan James. But, okay, they've drafted three good offensive linemen in how many years? I've been on the beat for eight seasons. And Mike, Mike Pouncey predated me. So they, they've drafted two good offensive linemen in eight seasons. Billy, Billy Turner is starting for the Green Bay Packers. Just saying. <laughs> That is true. They did They did draft a starting offensive lineman for a playoff team, just not their team. So uh, one, one thing I, I wanted to say is um, here we are hours before free agency, and we're thinking the Miami Dolphins today are what? Uh, win-wise or what? Yeah, I mean, are they are – they, Holding? Are they treading water? Are they better? Are they worse? What's going on? I sure hope not. After two hundred million dollars in contracts, they're treading water. They've they've gotten better. And Pro Football Focus has kind of the baseball war wins over replacement or whatever they call it. Um, and they have the Dolphins as the fourth most improved team in the NFL through whatever free agency was yesterday through two days of free agency. And the only teams they trailed were teams that picked up players like, uh, oh, I don't know, Phillip Rivers and, um, you know, the, the Cardinals who got their franchise wide receiver. I mean, teams that, that made huge, amazing upgrades. And I feel like the Dolphins have as well. The Dolphins have improved across the board. What has me more excited than anything, though, is the biggest transaction for the Dolphins this week they didn't even make. It was the one that New England Patriots made by by – well, Tom Brady, I guess, technically made it, but you hear people talk up there. The Patriots made no real effort to keep him. Um, ending that era there after two, two decades of complete torture for the Dolphins and their fans, um, it's a different AFC East today than it was three days ago when the Dolphins are part of the conversation. 
So uh, it is a different AFC East, but are the Dolphins now the second best team, the third best team, or are they still the fourth best team? Oh, no, they weren't the fourth best team last year. The Jets finished with a worse record than them, didn't they? No. Didn't, oh, oh, sorry, the Jets finished 7-9, right? Yeah. Ah. Well, uh, I would say they're better than the Jets because I, I think that team is due for a step back. Why? I, I just don't think they're any good. They were better than the Dolphins last year. Yeah. They they uh, they have not. They improved. have a better quarterback. How how have they improved this offseason? I really haven't seen it. They've signed some okay offensive line, and their offensive line was a joke. Kind of like the year. Dolphins. Yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, yeah. Hey, I'll I'll take I'll I'll take Patriot starters any day of the week. Yeah, I, I think you're I think you're 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 being uh, traumatized by the Finn clan. Because, uh, look, I, I get it. The Dolphins have done well, but they are they are coming from way back in the pack. Way back in the pack. And don't underestimate the fact that I, for one, look, I love the guy. I think he's a, a personable person. He knows how to work. He knows how to play the position. He is the perfect profile of what you want. But... I'm not drinking the Ryan Fitzpatrick Kool-Aid. <laughs> and I'm not drinking the Ryan Fitzpatrick Kool-Aid in year two as their starter. Because in year two as the starter, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the history is he got Chan Gailey fired in Buffalo. And he was a disaster as year two starter for the New York Jets. Yeah, so but he got, I'm he not got drinking Chan, that Kool-Aid. He got Chan Gailey hired in Miami. Great. <laughs> yeah, so... Do, do, uh, I, do, I, do I think the Dolphins are going to go to the playoffs this year? No, I do not. I think they're still a year away. They need another offseason like they're having now, and they obviously need to draft well in April. One more year of that, and they, they hit on the quarterback, they're right there. But I will say this. Uh, I, I, I've said it before. i say it again. I think Josh Allen's a fraud. I think that he is. Wow. He, he is an. Odd. I think he's an athlete playing quarterback. Yes, he can occasionally make a jaw-dropping play, but you can't consistently count on him. He is no better than the 23rd or 24th best quarterback in the league, and he's he's going to hit a very hard ceiling year in year out. And so will the Buffalo Bills. Will it be good enough to get them to nine or ten wins on a consistent basis? Sure. Enjoy that, guys. Have a have a blast in Western New York losing the wild card round every year. That's not what the Dolphins are trying to build. You see, this is what I have. This is my my problem with the media. You media <laughs> people, you're killing me, you media people. And, and here's my problem. We're sitting in sunny South Florida, loving life uh, in our homes, uh, sunshine outside, going to hit the pool here in a sec. And Josh Allen in New York who went to the playoffs is a fraud, but you love Josh Rosen. Really? I don't, I don't, when did I say I love Josh Rosen? Fine, you, you, love the, you love the Josh Rosen, uh, you know, whole fiasco of getting him in the second well, round. You loved that. I, my position then and my position is that it was a great value play that did not work out. But if you can get a franchise quarterback with a late second-round pick, you, you take a shot on that. Um, that's, that's what I said then, 
and I stand by it now. <laughs> oh my God! You know, you know what the difference? You know what the difference between Josh Allen and and, and Josh Rosen is? Playoffs uh, the, and can't start for his team. No, no, the Cardinals and Dolphins were smart enough to admit their mistakes. The, the Bills haven't realized it yet. Wow, dude. Wow. You are, you know, when the Bills come to town, I'm going to point you out to six foot four, <laughs> 220 pounds. Are you excited, pounds. by the way, for, a, <laughs> for, for what? Are you, are you excited, by the way, for the all-Florida Super Bowl that we're going to have in Tampa? Buccaneers versus Dolphins? I'm pumped for it. <laughs> I, I am excited that Tom Brady is out of the AFC East. I, I'm, I, and I am excited. This is the most exciting thing, and and let's let's leave it here. The most exciting thing that has happened is in free agency is that somebody went to Bill Belichick's house, pulled down his pants, took off, ripped off his shirt, gave him a wheelbarrow, and told him, Coach. Wear this, go and coach this year without Kyle Van Noy, Tom Brady, uh, you know, Ted Karras, without all those guys. You go ahead, Mr. Genius Oaf, super exhausting guy. Go ahead and show how much of a genius you really are. Let's if, see how that works out. And, and, and if he goes to the playoffs with a depleted defense and Andy Dalton, which – probably is going to be ending up their quarterback, um, you're never going to hear the end of it. First of all, from Boston fans who are insufferable, and you know Belichick's going to rub it in our noses if he's able to win at a high level without Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, like he did in Cleveland. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we appreciate you joining us here at the Dolphins in Depth podcast. We do this every week. Please join us again next week.